Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Well, good morning, Movement Church. I am so excited this morning to be bringing the word to you. For those of you I don't know that are tuned in online, my name is Megan. My husband and I are some of the pastors here at the Movement Church. And listen, I'm so excited you tuned in today. I believe God has something incredible in store for you. And and I just wanna take a moment right now and ask you to do me a favor. Whether you are at home by yourself today or whether you're at a watch party with some friends, I just wanna ask you to take a moment and to go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. This will help us get the word out there to people who are looking for a church and who are desperate for hope. And then I wanna tell you to do this. Now listen, don't just listen to me, actually do this right now. Go ahead and pull your cell phones out. And if you have Facebook on your phone, I'm sure you do, go ahead, log into Facebook, go to our service today and share the service. You have no idea who might tune in today that needs to hear the message of hope that God has for them. So take a moment right now and do that for me. And then you can just keep your phones out because what we're gonna ask you to do is follow along in our notes. Our notes are available for you on the Movement Church app. And I just think that we can get so much out of a message if we'll pause to to write some things down that God is speaking to us specifically. So go ahead and open the Movement Church app, take some notes with us today today because I think God has something great in store for you. I really do. Thanks, studio audience. (laughs) I really do. Hey, we're in week two of our series called Salty. Come on, look at a neighbor right now and tell him, you salty. salty. (laughs) That's right. If you don't have a neighbor sitting next to you, just type it in the chats. You salty, okay? Hey, listen, Pastor Kerry shared this with you last week, but the Urban Dictionary tells us kind of what we're referring to when we talk about salty. And it says, someone who gets upset over something little or something trivial someone who just gets upset or really just frustrated and that is salty how many of you got a little bit salty during quarantine come on I know I did (laughs) I I want to talk to you today about a, a different context for the word salty and the gospel of Matthew is where we're gonna pick up today and in the gospel of Matthew chapter 5 Jesus is teaching his disciples and the crowd that has gathered what it looks like to be a Christ follower okay he's gonna talk to them about this way of life of a Christ follower and the results that are gonna come from that so maybe you tuned in today and you're not really sure where you stand in your faith Maybe you've been wrestling with your faith and you're not sure what you believe. You know, at the Movement Church, we say all the time, permission to belong before you believe. So I just wanna invite you to sit back, to open your heart and to listen and see what God might be wanting to say to you today. And for those of you who are here and you call yourself Christ followers, listen, this message is for you. This sermon in Matthew chapter five, Jesus is teaching about God's community, how to live in the midst of a broken world that God is in the process of redeeming. 
And this, this chapter five of Matthew is called the Beatitudes and it ends with a charge to us as Christ followers. And this is where we get the idea of our, season, our, our series, Salty. Matthew chapter five, verse 13 says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. See, this series is all about what it looks like to be a Christian, to live a salty life. So would you do me a favor? Can we take a moment and open in prayer? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Lord Jesus, I just ask you right now, God, for every person who is tuned in online, for every person who has joined a watch party today, God, I pray that you would speak to all of us. God, to our studio audience today that is sitting here listening to the message, God, I pray that you would open our hearts to hear and receive what you want to say to us. God, I pray that you would challenge us to live the kind of life that you've called us to live. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Hey, how many of you have ever tried to start a new habit? You know, the kind of habits like um, drinking half your weight, half your body weight in water. Anybody tried to do that? By the end of the day, you're like just drinking cups of water, trying to get it all in. Or maybe you've tried to start the habit of getting up early in the morning or being consistent with working out. I don't know if you've ever tried to start a new habit, but I've heard it taught that it takes about 21 days to develop a habit. So I started studying this and I found out that on average, it actually takes more than two months before a new behavior becomes automatic. 66 days to be exact. It actually takes 90 days for something to become a lifestyle. So as I was looking at this, I decided I was gonna do some math. I went back and looked at the moment that we started quarantine here in California. The day that we started this, I believe, was Thursday, March 19th, and I, it went until Memorial Day, March, May 25th. And you know what's interesting, I know some of you are still quarantining, but, but that's kind of when things began to let up around here. And what's interesting about this is as I did the math, I found out that that was exactly 66 days. Wow. Hmm. Maybe we've been forming some habits during this quarantine. And then when you look at Father's Day weekend, that was 90 days of being in quarantine. And here we are still. Some of you still haven't left your house and, and that's okay, you do you boo, okay? But, but all of us picked up some habits during this quarantine. And some of you, I've heard about some great habits that you've developed. I mean, I've heard from some of my friends about how their marriages are stronger than they've ever been because they've been forced to have more time together and more conversations. And, and that's a challenge sometimes. But, but I've heard about some marriages really growing stronger. That's a great habit to pick up, how to spend time with your spouse. Maybe for some of you, you started having family dinners again. Actually sitting down at the table, having a family dinner. What a great habit to form. For some of you dads, you, you were excited because you actually got to be home and present in the lives of your kids and, and you got to play games with them again. And, and that was a great habit to form. And 
Some of you started going on family walks and playing family games. For some of you, you just learned how to have really intentional conversations with your friends. You had to plan it. You had to set a date to get on Zoom and see their faces, right? But you know, we can get something good out of every situation we're in if we try. But unfortunately, I really believe that this this quarantine that we've been in, this shelter in place, I believe it created some unhealthy habits too. And maybe even some unhealthy lifestyles. And I'm not talking about the quarantine 15, okay? From all of your baking and your snacking. My daughter's chocolate chip cookies are going to be the death of me. She has baked so much during quarantine. You know, it's so funny, I finally got to go back to my workout class and I do a workout called Bar 3. And I was in the, the studio getting ready for my class to start and an older woman walked in and she just declared to the entire room, finally! I can stop being an alcoholic. (laughs) And we laughed out loud. She goes, I mean, seriously, y'all, I drank so much wine during quarantine. And maybe some of you picked up some unhealthy habits like that that you need to deal with at this point. But that's not exactly what I want to talk about today. I just, I kind of want to talk about some things that developed during quarantine that were fostered by the fact that we all had to shelter in place and stay at home because I think that quarantine really actually supported isolation in our lives. You know, all of us were forced to pull away from relationship. We weren't seeing people day in and day out anymore. And really, honestly, we could be whatever we wanted people to see. You know, a lot of you are going, well, I still saw people. I was on Zoom meetings every day. But you know as well as I do that our online presence, we get to control what that looks like. You turn the camera off when you don't want something to be seen. You hit mute when you don't want something to be heard. And, and I just think that this quarantine that we had, it really fostered this position of isolation, which is really the enemy's playground. It's exactly where he wants to get you left to your own thoughts and your own opinions. In fact, I think it was a fulfillment of scripture found in Psalm 81 verse 12 when it says this, so I let them follow their own stubborn desires, living according to their own ideas. You see, unfortunately, I feel like this time that we spent quarantining, the shelter in place, every one of us had the ability to just kind of do what we wanted to do, to create the picture of our life that we wanted other people to see, to remove the voices of wisdom and input into our life. And isolation is a really dangerous place to be. You know, I also think that the thing that quarantine fostered was this, it's all about me mentality. You know, we, we all had to work from home. We had to do school from home. We did church from home. We're still doing church from home. We had groceries delivered to our home. Some of you never left your home. You might need to go on a walk, guys. But what that fostered inside of us was this, this everything is about me mentality. You know, I think Pastor Kerry mentioned last week in his message the idea of circling the wagons. And that phrase comes from the early 1800s when settlers were traveling from the East Coast to the West Coast in covered wagons. And at night, to protect themselves, they would circle their wagons up so that they could be protected from any danger on the outside. And during quarantine, all of us had this mentality that I need to protect 
myself, protect my family, protect my kids. And honestly, this is not so bad because we had to use wisdom during a really challenging time. In fact, not only did we have to use wisdom, we were all operating in compliance with our government. But unfortunately, something very good can also become something very bad in excess, right? So for 21 days, for 66 days, for 90 days, my world revolved around me and your world revolved around you. And it fed our already problematic consumer mentality. Everything was about me. In fact, we preached messages to help deal with personal fears, anxieties, relational challenges, and all of this is good and applicable. All of it is. Jesus wants to help us grow in our faith. But listen, it's not just about me. It's not just about me. Our life as a Christ follower was never meant to be about me. You and I are supposed to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And salt is not good in the salt shaker. Salt in the salt shaker just looks pretty. We're not meant to just look pretty or feel good. We're meant to serve a purpose. We've got to get the salt out of the salt shaker. Listen, Pastor Kerry talked to you last week about the effects of salt. And one of the things I love about salt is that salt is a healing agent. Salt is used to alleviate distress. You know, have you ever had a sore throat and you had to gargle with salt water? It's awful in the moment, but it takes away the pain. We are meant to be the salt of the earth, to be a healing agent in the world that we live in to help alleviate distress for the people that we do life with. I don't know if you've ever been in a challenging season of life. I imagine you have. But I know for me, when I've been in a challenging season of life, what has made all the difference is someone who has picked up the phone to call me and to pray with me or maybe to sit with me in the middle of crisis. We are meant to be the salt of the earth, a healing agent. We are meant to alleviate distress. You know, salt also seasons. Pastor Kerry talked about that last week. It brings out the flavor. It makes things better. And so I have a question for you today. I want you to ask this of yourself. Do I make people's life better? Do I make people's life better? better? Do I bring joy and peace to the relationships that I'm in? Do I bring fun to the relationships that I'm in? Or am I a fountain of negativity and complaining? Do I make people's life better? Listen, salt isn't just for me. It's for the people that I'm called to influence. And guess what, Movement Church? We can't just go around salting each other. Doesn't make any sense. We're called to bring the message of Jesus to the people who have not experienced it yet. Listen, right after Jesus was raised from the dead, he appears to his disciples. 
These are the people that he's been training, that he's been pastoring, that he's been discipling, and he charges them with this charge. And it's found in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 19. And it says this, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. I love this in the amplified version because it says, listen, this is what it looks like to make disciples. Help the people to learn of me, to believe in me, and obey my words. It continues on, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. And lo, look at your neighbor and say lo. Lo, lo yo. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Sorry. I'm with you always. This is Jesus. He's talking here. I am with you always. And the scripture says, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstances and on every occasion. Somebody is listening right now that needs this scripture. Jesus says, I am with you always, perpetually, regardless of the circumstances on every occasion, even to the end of the age. This is a message from Jesus to you and to me as Christ followers. We are responsible to be the salt of the earth. We're responsible for this. And the problem we currently face is we've conditioned ourselves towards selfishness and comfort. We have been living in a world that is all about me, what makes me feel good. I get to watch church in my pajamas with my cup of coffee. Go to a watch party. I think I'll stay right here on my comfy couch in my comfy pajamas. We've conditioned ourselves to a life of comfort and selfishness, and we either don't want to be the salt that we're called to be, or we're so concerned about making others feel comfortable. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to say something wrong. I don't want to cram my faith down their throat. Listen, the scripture's not asking us to do that. It's saying just be the salt of the earth. Add some flavor to their world. Come on, you just have to live the life of being a Christian. And do you know what? Sometimes salt stings. When you have an open wound or a cut and you get in the ocean, the salt burns that cut but the salt is healing. So you can live your life in such a way where you share your faith. And listen, sometimes people might be bothered by it, but that just means that there's a wound that needs some healing and you get to be the healing agent in that moment. Listen, not everyone's gonna receive what you have to share, but Paul said this. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel, why? Because it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. Listen, church, we've gotta begin to live a life like Paul where we go, I am not ashamed of the gospel because I know it is the power of God for all who believe. You know, some of us I think have been really quick to profess our theology. With one another, we talk about, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I love Jesus, God's good. But we refuse to practice our theology. The Bible says we receive salvation upon profession of our faith in Jesus. But guess what? Then we've gotta walk it out. We can't just talk to one another about it. We actually need to live it. Philippians 2.12 says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And some of you are like, but Pastor Megan, I thought you said I didn't have to work for my salvation. I didn't say work for your salvation. I said work out your salvation. Salvation is the free gift of God for all who believe. But once we receive the free gift of God, then we have to actually do something with it. We've got 
to live our lives in such a way that other people get to experience the goodness of who God is. It's my job to help other people find him too. We need to get salty. Look at your neighbor and say, get salty. Listen, the book of James reminds us not to just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word also. That means we can't just sit around in a group of Christians and talk about how good God is and listen to it. We've actually got to do something with it. The book of James also says faith without works is dead. Let's not just be people who profess our theology, who post a cute picture on Instagram with a scripture verse on it and think that is me doing my job as a Christian to share my faith with other people. No, let's be people who actually begin to practice our theology. It's time to get salty. When was the last time you talked to someone about Jesus? That's a real question, you guys. When was the last time you talked to someone, not in your church, not in your small group, someone who doesn't know Jesus, when was the last time you talked to them about your faith? You know, I was really convicted as we were preparing for this series because I felt like I, I think I've gotten in the practice of just doing church, walking through the motions, recording another message during quarantine, doing church. And I'm afraid that I haven't been living my life in such a way where I'm actually getting out into the world and sharing my faith. I've been professing my theology, but I'm not so sure I've been practicing my theology. And so I began to challenge myself and, and recently, just a couple weeks ago, I went to an appointment and with a friend, her name's Stephanie, and, and honestly, uh, she might be tuning in, hopefully by now she is. And I just began to talk to her about her faith background and, and honestly, she really isn't interested in a relationship with God at all. But I just began to talk to her about her story and man, she's walked through a lot, a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. A lot of people have let her down. And in fact, she's not so sure that God won't let her down. And it's not my job to cram salt down her throat. It's just my job to share my story. And I just began to tell her the challenging seasons that I've walked through and how I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for the faithfulness and the goodness of God. And she listened. And you know, the next time I went for my appointment, she started asking me questions. And there'll be a day one day where I hope you as the Movement Church get to meet my friend Stephanie, because I'm praying that God does something miraculous in her life. But God had to challenge me to step outside of my comfort zone, to stop just thinking about me and what was going on in my world, but to actually be who God asked me to be, the salt of the earth. Matthew 5, 13, you're the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? Listen, this is a really good time for us as a church to evaluate our effectiveness. I think we need to begin to ask ourselves the question, where have I lost my saltiness? Where have I lost my saltiness? You know, the early church, when they were established, actually the early church met much like we're meeting right now in homes 
where people just opened the doors of their home and they invited their friends so that they could tell about the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So interesting that we're living in that same season right now. But the early church, they had this expectation of Jesus's return. They just, they believed that any moment, at any time, he could be coming back. And I'm just afraid that the American church, we've lost that expectation. I'm so afraid that church has just become all about me. What makes me feel good? What helps me deal with my anxiety? What brings me peace? What makes me feel like I can be strong? What, what did I get out of the message today? How did I experience worship? And we've lost sight of the big picture that there will be a day where Jesus returns. And there will be a day where we stand in front of Him and we're required to give an account for our life. And I know that there will be a moment where Jesus says, He says, what about that person? Why, why didn't you share with them? There will be a day where we stand in eternity and we give account for how we lived our life and movement church. I wanna stand there and say, I did everything I could to tell everyone I know about Jesus. Why do you think we're gonna to go to doing pop-up campuses when we come back to meeting? Because there is a county Orange County that is desperately in need of the hope that is found in Jesus and we have a responsibility to help them find it. Our mission is so simple. We want to see 27,000 people say yes to following Jesus. 14,000 people living their life with mission and a home for everyone. And we can't do that unless we open up our doors and expand our capacity and do whatever we can do to bring the message of hope and the message of Jesus to a hurting and broken world. So I just want to challenge you today with three things that you could do to put your theology to practice. Number one is this, take some self inventory. Maybe ask yourself, where have I lost my saltiness? When was the last time I told somebody about Jesus? When was the last time I invited someone to church? And I know some of you are going, but we're not actually having church right now. Yes, we are, it's in your living room. Maybe you need to open the doors of your home and invite a friend to come and watch the service with you. But what if they think that's weird? What if they do? What's the worst thing that could happen? Ask yourself, am I all talk with no action? Number two is this, let your story tell the story. Let your story tell the story. I love what happens in the book of John chapter nine, when Jesus is walking along with his disciples and, and he comes across a blind man and the blind man is calling out and asking for Jesus to heal him. And Jesus does, he heals the blind man and he receives his sight. Well, the Pharisees are kind of ticked off about this. They're, they're looking for anything and everything they can do to accuse Jesus of not being who he says he is. And so they start to question this blind man and they're asking him, who is the man that healed you? What is it that happened? And the blind man replies to their questioning and they come back and they question him a second time. And he says to them, look guys, all I know is this, once I was blind and now I can see. <laughs> and that's your story too. 
Who were you before Jesus? And who are you after Jesus? That's your story. Maybe you don't know how to lead someone in a prayer of salvation. We can teach you that, but guess what? All you've gotta do is share your story. Who was I before Jesus? Who am I after Jesus? And then invite them to church. And the third point I have for you is this, do something. Just do something. Don't stay in the salt shaker. We've gotta get out of the salt shaker. You are called to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. So invite somebody to church. Have someone over for dinner. Somebody that doesn't have the same background as you. Maybe somebody that doesn't look like you. My goodness, ask them some questions, learn from their experience and share your story. If you don't feel comfortable having someone in your home, go on a social distancing picnic, but don't shut yourself into a place of isolation. Pray about how you can be a part of the re-engagement strategy here at the Movement Church. You have a part to play. We were never just meant to gather as a bunch of salt shakers in a room salting each other. No, we are meant to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. I love how Matthew 5, 13 through 16 in the message translation puts it. It says, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of the earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and you'll end up in the garbage. But here's another way to put it. You're here to be the light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket. I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Look at your neighbor, say shine. Come on, keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Listen what will happen. By opening up to others, you will prompt people to open up with God this generous Father in heaven. We have a responsibility movement, church. We're called to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. This is not just about me. Yes, God wants to do something in you and for you, but he also wants to do something through you. We've got a responsibility and a part to play. You know, let me talk to those of you who are tuned in right now. And maybe you've been wrestling with your faith. And honestly, you're not so sure where you stand with God. I believe that you are listening to this message today for a reason. I believe that God, God has good plans for you. And he wants to be an active part of your life. And all you've gotta do is make a decision to follow him. And I just wanna give you an opportunity to do that right now. And I'm gonna pray a simple prayer and I'm gonna invite you to pray with me and to make a decision today that says, I wanna follow Jesus. And maybe you've been running from God and, and today's just the day to come back. You can pray with me as well. But I just wanna invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes right now. At every watch party, in every home, bow your head and close your eyes. And if you're tuned in today, and you need to make a decision to follow Jesus. Would you pray this prayer with me? Just say, dear God, I 
know that you're real. I know that you love me. Thank you for choosing me. Today, I'm making a decision to follow you. And then let this prayer be the cry of your heart. Simply say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Please email us at info at theocmovement.com. And if you were not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Please send us an email at info at theocmovement.com. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church.